0: We are all familiar with the concept of reframing, finding some redemptive perspective for how to deal with traumas, negative events, and people of our past. Well, I suggest this concept of reframing Underlies the opening Pussek in our parsha, "Va'yehi B'shalach Paro es ha'am. It was when Paro sent B'nai Yisrael free, seeing Paro as the agent of redemption. The Torah is coming to recast the tyrant with some sort of redemptive perspective. Let's dig in and understand what it, this is all about. The epitome of evil in the Etziah's Mitzrayim story is Paro, the despot himself. But believe it or not, even he does not maintain a stagnant position. Let's study the story with fresh eyes and see how Paro is actually a main actor in the liberation process of Bnei Yisrael, albeit on the surface not a cooperative one. Consider the demand. Moshe presents Paro in their very first encounter. Shalacha Sami, let my people go. We know this phrase so well that we take it for granted. But think about it for a moment. Speaking in the name of Hashem, does Moshe really need Paro's permission? Moreover, consider the entire drama of the Makos which subsequently unfolds. Does Hashem really need to resort to this negotiation process bearing down on Paro's obstinacy until he finally gives in and lets them go? These questions are of course rhetorical. Surely Hashem could have taken Bnei Yisrael out, regardless of Pyro's consent. Of course he could have. But that was not his design. His agenda was to bring Pyro into the exodus process, to have the tyrant who had to this point been the impediment, not just step aside, but to become the tool of liberation. In the end, there is no opposition to Hashem's will. All of creation, even defiant man, plays it an instrument in the orchestra of Hashem's score. In the end, Paro did not act as a begrudging liberator. Seeking to end the hellish plagues, Paro indeed banished B'nai Yisrael out of his land, as the Pesach says, Garshumi Mitzrayim. Paro became the aggressive agent of B'nai Yisrael's freedom. For the redemption of B'nai Yisrael to be complete, all embodiments of evil had to be recast in a new light. All of Paro's previous resistance had to turn inside out to a position of total compliance. The necessity of reversing Paro is brought up magnificently in a dramatic exchange between Paro and Moshe. In the midst of the Makos process, Paro tries to negotiate a partial concession. You people could go, but your sheep and your cattle must stay behind. Moshe immediately responds, You yourself will give us livestock to offer in celebration. Did we really need Pyro's animals? What is Moshe pursuing here? This is all in service to the power of the dramatic effect. Even the minutia of Paro's opposition had to be turned on its head. It's as if between the lines Moshe were saying, Yeah, right. You're not letting us leave with our animals. You will actually be the patron who provides us with the animals. Grasping the notion of Paro as a liberator may seem a stretch. It almost hurts to say it, and yet the Torah says it explicitly in the opening pasuk of our Parsha we, we began with before. Vaihi b'shalach Paro es And it was when Paro set the people out. Paro's unexpected new role is staring us right in the face. It is not that the Torah seeks to give credit to Paro or to glorify the wicked despot. Rather, it seeks to bring out how in the end there is total harmony of all the actors in Hashem's grand story. All must serve the cause of destiny as agents of his will. In the end, we will all be actors in Hashem's magnificent drama. The only question left to us is whether we will do so willingly or we will be dragged into it kicking and screaming. But let's dig deeper. On a more profound level, the total revelation of Hashem's oneness requires mankind's recognition that he participates in Hashem's master plan. Specifically, the prior antagonist must come to acknowledge and even embrace this truth. This perspective raises a provocative possibility. Might Paro have had a virtuous change of heart on some level? even accepted his destiny to a degree as liberator of the Jewish people? To sum up the question, does the despot have a heart? So, let's dig in. Overwhelmed by the power of the Makos, Pyro confesses, Hashem, van Hashem is the righteous one, while I and my people are wicked. As hard as, it, hard as it is to believe, Chazal the sages does actually attach a degree of sincerity to Pyro's statement. They teach that in this merit, his people were granted burial after drowning in the Yamsuf. As it says in the Shira of Haz Yashir, Tivloe the earth swallowed them. How is this reward an appropriate return for the very minimal, perhaps opportunistic admission that their leader Pyro made? The key is to understand that Haro's confession is not just a happenstance event, but a manifestation of a greater phenomenon. In the resolution of Geulah, even the worst of the wicked must be redeemed. In the end, even they must align themselves with the truth of Hashem is the righteous one, Hashem HaTzadik. It is a horrible death to drown at sea, tumbling in the churning waves and fighting a losing battle against the maelstrom. Due to their wickedness, they fully deserve this hellish demise. But on the other hand, the notion of burial after death signifies a final, serene rest in place. This benevolent gesture beautifully corresponds to Paro's confession, which redeemed him and his people. Ultimately, even the pursuing mitrim rest in peace, reflecting that they have played a role in achieving the final resolution. This is the true harmony of Guva. This rehabilitation of Paro is further reflected by the Medrash, which sees Paro as a prototype of Chuvah. a Medrash in the Yalka Shimoni, which states, Hachuva Mi Paru, the trade of repentance is learned from Paro, because after he rebelled with the statement, Mi Hashem Asher hashem who is Hashem that I should listen to his voice? He repented by using the same language, Mi Kamochah Hashem, who is like you amongst the mighty Hashem? By now, this provocative medrash is really no surprise. Chazal the sages see Paro as the epitome of Truva, They find significance in his reuse of the word me, who, swinging from skepticism to reverence towards Hashem. Yetzias Matzorim demands a total inversion of his past. In closing, listen to this enigmatic medrash, which almost sounds fantastical. It says, because Paru repented, he merited to be saved from the Amsaf and later became the king of Nineveh who led his people to repent after being extorted by the Navi, the prophet Yonah. This medrash defies a literal interpretation. Sing Paru living centuries into the future in the story of Yonah. Don't get stuck on the chronology. Hear the lesson, the meaning which Chazal the sages seek to convey here. By Sing Paru, resurrect in the figure of the king of Nineveh. And surfacing in this paradigm story of Truva, which we read on Yom Kippur, Chazal the sages accentuate the theme of Truva in the person of Paro himself. Indeed, Paro's Truva phenomenon is no happenstance event. It is a brilliant expression of the overarching meaning of Itzias Mitzrayim. True geulah is all-encompassing, all so much so that it redeems the force of evil itself. When all is said and done, all will rest in peace. When all is said and done, all evil can be reframed. All tyrants can be recast with a redemptive perspective, through a redemptive perspective of Gaula.